What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Yukon Hockey Podcast. My name is Matthew, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And on today's podcast, me and Chris recap the latest Yukon men's hockey series as they got a split against UNH. We also talk about the latest women's hockey games as they beat Maine and UNH to extend their winning streak, and the team is now in first place in Hockey East. However, before we get to all of that, make sure you follow us on social media, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram at Yukon Hockey Pod. Make sure to follow our Spotify page and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps the podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I really appreciate it if you did those things. Now, without further ado, here's today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Well, Chris, welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. And we got an interesting series to talk about as the UConn men's hockey team got a split against UNH this past weekend. Um, I'll start off with you, Chris. What were your overall thoughts on the series? And then we can just dive into different topics uh, based on our discussion. Another week, another split, another inconsistent weekend. First game, again, didn't play well. Uh got overwhelmed and bounced back in the second game, you know, where they got the win. Although uh, in the New Hampshire game, it felt like uh, they, they held on to uh, to a win there. And thanks to uh, Arseny Sergi for really performing well in goal and, and keeping them in that game and letting them win that game. So, again, another split, another week. Yeah, I sort of agree with you on that, Chris, because to me it felt like the most typical UConn hockey series ever where they get blown out on Friday night. And then they barely win the second game, which UNH, I thought, was the better team in majority of that game. But the team was resilient enough, and the talent showed that they found a way to win that game and get the three points, which is needed. But it's just sort of frustrating because, like you mentioned, the inconsistency. Like, I would have no problem if on Friday they, like, lost a close game but then won on Sunday. But it just seems like there's some games where they, like, either blow a big lead maybe in the second or third period or they just get blown out but then the next game they find a way to win and they need to start finding more ways to win and being more consistent with that because I think there's two UConn hockey teams we've seen we've seen the good UConn hockey team but we've also seen the bad UConn hockey team as well and it's just been sometimes frustrating to watch as a fan well it's the like you said it's the inconsistency it's the uh not being able to face adversity or, you know, crumbling under adversity or not playing well in it. But, you know, but they did in the beginning of that New Hampshire game. They, you know, the Shandor takes that kneeing penalty, major penalty he's thrown out, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. You know, it's just going to sort of come apart here right at the beginning. But they played really well, you know, killing off that five-minute, you know, uh, major. And then, of course, there was a bunch of penalties back and forth right during that that time. And, you know, they were able to come out of that period, you know, tied. And I just don't understand why they can't be consistent with that, why they have that ability to do that on a Saturday game, or excuse me, the Sunday game. Uh, and then on Friday night, they, you know, they, 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 they're down one nothing. They let up a another goal and it's two nothing. And then within a minute, it's all of a sudden it's four nothing. And you're like, what happened? They just, they just sort of come unglued. So I think it's the, um, you know, sort of the multiple personality of this team that just drives you nuts as a fan. It's because you see glimpses of where, 
you know, they, they do face adversity where they, again, they, they're able to handle it or, or they deal with it and they come out of it fine. And then there's other times where, boy, it's just one thing goes there, doesn't go their way. And they just, they, they sort of, you know, just come unglued and, and, you know, now you're down four, nothing, you lose the game five, nothing. And you wonder, you know, what happened because it looked like they came out in that first period on Friday night. And for what I thought played a pretty good, you know, pretty good first period. So I just outside of that bad goal that the defense made that turnover on. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, but you know, it happens. So you think, all right, you know, you give up a bad goal, but for the most part, you played a pretty good period and you know, you played a pretty good second period. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't, uh, it's, it's very hard to watch as if to watch this team as a fan sometimes because you just, it's, it's the inconsistent play. It's the, um, the multiple personality of this team that just uh, makes you crazy. Yeah, we saw it last week against Maine where they, like I said, blew that big third period lead, and then they faced adversity that Saturday game and they bounced back. I think let's talk about the big positive of the last few games, which has been Arseny Sergeyev. He won Hockey East Goalie of the Week again, back-to-back. He stopped 70 out of 71 shots. And obviously last week and got the shutout, but just was had an outstanding performance in that UNH game. And if he was, I would say he was the biggest reason why they won that game because he made some incredible saves. I do think he needs to work on his rebound control a little bit. That does put you on the edge of your seat a little bit. It makes me nervous. But overall, he's been so good these last two games. And I don't know what they did to sort of fix him after he had that rough patch in November, but... Now there's a big goalie question for the rest of the season. Do you stick with Hader and sort of ride that platoon? Or do you kind of give it give the reins to Arseny and see if he can take it for the rest of the season, which is going to be interesting to see how Cav manages that in the CTIs tournament this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of feel like he's been your best goaltender these past two weeks. And so, I, you know, for me, it's like stardom. Start him on the first game. Get up early and, you know, get get that first win. And then if he plays well, play him again the following day. I mean, that's what that's what I would do. Uh, whether they platoon him or not, we'll see. But he's been, you know, and no disrespect to Hater, but, you know, Sergey's been the better goalie the past two, you know, the past two weeks. And I know they talked about it on the Nesson broadcast that, you know, apparently while he hasn't been playing, they've been working with him on his fundamentals. It looks like fundamentally he's playing better. So I think, you know, maybe they were able to, to correct some of his technique and, and get him refocused on that. And I would say, you know, whatever they've done seems to work because uh, you're right. The past two, past two games, he's been great. He's been dynamite. The thing I worry about is maybe the reason why he's been playing so well is because they're platooning because he has the extra day to rest and sort of focus on that one game. So I, that's sort of why I'm like, maybe they should still continue to platoon because maybe it's a benefit for both guys. Plus, I do think it's important to keep Hader in net to sort of have that goalie battle throughout the season because I do think it brings the best out of both goaltenders. But if Sergeyev keeps playing like this and the team just isn't performing well around Hader, because I don't think it's Hader's fault, in my opinion, then I think you do have to consider maybe making Arseny uh, the go-to guy, at least for the rest of this season. Uh, I think it, you're at the point in the season where you have to play your best guys, the guys who give you the best chance to win. Uh, I don't think you can you can sort of tinker anymore with you know going back and forth. In my opinion, I'd say at this point, settle on who you think is going to be your goaltender and 
let it ride and, and see how it goes because you're at the point in the season he's had enough rest he hasn't played for you know basically a couple of months so I think you know I think it'd be fine to put him in there for between now and the rest of the year and you just you ride with one goalie and the goalie who's going to probably give you the best chance to win but we'll see so let's talk about one other thing which was the Hudson Shandor major there's some debate about it online what was your thoughts on it I do think it was a kneeing penalty I feel like if you're Hudson you have to sort of get out of the player's way because I don't think the UNH player was paying attention. It seemed like he just had his knee stuck out and they collided. But I don't think it should have been a major penalty, but I just think you got to be smarter on that because after the performance you had on Friday, to take a penalty like that in the first minute or like basically the first two minutes of that game, I felt like you just put your team at a disadvantage. And I feel like that's sort of been one of the Achilles heels of this team is just sort of their undisciplined play because I do think they've taken – a lot of undisciplined penalties the last few weeks, which I think has hurt them at times. Yeah, I mean, I I thought at most it was a minor. I didn't think it was a major, but uh, so be it. You know, what are you going to do? Um, again, you're right. You got to be careful. You know, you got to be paying attention. And uh, you know, they got hit with a you know, what I thought was a you know, not a great call. I thought it was a you know minor at most. So, but you're right. You know, on the power play, they need to you know stay out of the penalty box. We've talked about this all year. You know, you're not scoring the first goal in a lot of these games. You're 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 getting down in a lot of these games, and you're playing from behind. And you know, don't make it easier for the other team by taking you know really bad undisciplined penalties. You do that, and you just make it harder on yourself. And I feel like a lot of times they just make things harder on themselves because of you know because of the things that we've you know been talking about here. So I would hope that yeah that they can stay out of the box, try to get. I mean. I, you know, I feel like we talk about this every week, so uh, you know you you start to you get a little bit tired of it. But um, you know they got to get going here if they want any chance to make something of the season. You can't keep splitting these series. You have to you, know, you have to start taking some of these series here and and put yourself in a better you know position when it comes you know the the hockey East tournament time. And they're right now in fourth place, but they also have a lot of they've played the most games in hockey. So I feel like after their bye week in the middle of February, it should come back to earth a little bit and it should be a little more accurate of what the standings are. One more thing I do want to mention is they are 21st in pairwise. So I still think even since, even with their struggles, they're still moving up, which is good to see. And one other thing I want to talk to you about was Cav made some interesting lineup adjustments on Sunday. Ryan Mashey was a healthy scratch and he moved Matthew Wood back to center and put him on a line with Tattle and Muldowney. I know he sort of switched up the lines a little bit after the Shandor game misconduct, but I feel like that lineup switch was interesting because I feel like Matthew Wood was good but not great as a center. I feel like he's better as a wing, and I've sort of advocated that he should probably play with Samu more to try to get him going a little bit since Samu's been kind of on a dry spell a little bit these past few games. But... Ryan Tattle and Joey Modowney have been really good bottom six forwards for this team. Really stepped up and had really good performances this weekend. I know we've been raving about Modowney these past few weeks because he's been arguably one of UConn's best players this year, I think. But Tattle had a great game, and I feel like it was an interesting lineup combination, but it really worked because he had a nice goal uh, on Sunday against UNH, that nice toe drag shot. Yeah, I think, you know, it's also good to maybe break up the lines a bit a little bit, you know, maybe get Wood away from some of the other, you know, top lines on the team, try to get him going, definitely try to get, you know, Samu going. Uh, so you, you, you break them up or you put them in different positions and maybe get them away from some, you know, some of the other, uh, the, the top lines, you know, on the other teams just to get them going. So I, I'd imagine, 
you know, you're trying to shake scoring out of the, some of these lines and you got to do it. You got to, you know, score some goals. So, I mean, yes, they won on, you know, Sunday, but the whole weekend, they only scored two goals. If you only score two goals on a weekend, for the most part, you're going to lose both games. So, uh, got to be better got to find more scoring on this team somewhere and whether it's on the power play or whether it's five on five they they got to find more goals because you like i said you score two on a weekend and you're usually you know not picking up any points now we do one other thing i want to talk about was the defenseman because jake flynn was out for the entire series and I feel like you noticed his absence. I know Kevin has sort of been on the defense a little bit for not being, I guess, the strongest suit of this team. But I feel like you really missed Jake Flynn's absence because I felt like you saw the inexperience a little bit on the back end. I felt like there was a lot of unnecessary turnovers, especially the one on Sunday that almost made UNH come back and tie up that game and steal a point from you. I just feel like the defense has got to be a little bit better with their breakouts because I think there's I think they've had moments where they've played well, but then there's moments where you're kind of on the edge of your seat holding your breath a little bit because these breakouts have something that the team struggled with. And we've been talking about this since last season, which is just frustrating that I have to bring this up, but it's something that I noticed really a lot last weekend. And if you're not going to have Jake Flynn on the team for this week, upcoming weekend in the CTIs, it's something that I feel like needs to be improved upon. Yeah, I'm sure maybe they're pressing a little bit to try to generate some more offense. So, you know, you're pinching a little bit and then you're you're scrambling to get back if you're pinching too much. So I think some of it, you know, is related to, you know, the the lack of scoring maybe. So maybe guys are, you know, playing in a little bit, you know, maybe trying to generate some more offense. But yeah, you're right. The the defense, you know, you you need to play need to play better in front of your goalie. And I know that, you know, Arsini certainly has, you know, bailed him out uh, a couple times during, you know, the game on Sunday. So I I would agree with you that I think, you know, would like to see a little bit more out of the defense. So you like to see more of everything on this team. I mean, there's everywhere that you look up and down. I know? do think some of their forwards have been, well, I like the play of Taylor Heaslip. We talked about Tattle, how well he's played lately. I, so I do think certain guys have made a step forward this year, but obviously it hasn't been everybody. Yeah, no, definitely hasn't been everybody and not trying to single anybody out. I'm just saying in, you know, pretty much in all areas, I think there's room for this team to improve and, you know, they can, it just, you know, we keep waiting for it each week and it just feels like, you know, each week goes by and we're, we're sitting here, you know, talking about things that we see that just, you know, it's, it's difficult to watch a little bit. So this upcoming weekend is CT ice weekend. One of a weekend I've actually never seen this before because usually it's on a TV network that I don't have, and it's on in in an area where it's like I don't want to drive to. So I'm excited to finally go to my first one. It's going to be really exciting. And UConn plays Sacred Heart on Friday at 4 p.m. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Sacred Heart because this is obviously a team that we don't ever see <laughs> or don't see that often. Maybe once a season, sometimes. Uh, just looking at the stats. Uh, Sacred Heart is currently 11, 12, and 2, and their top player is TJ Walsh, who has 23 points in 25 games, and Kevin Lombardi, who has 19 points in 25 games. Another guy to look out for is Marcus Joggin, who had a really good freshman year last year. I remember hearing some things about him. Uh, TJ Walsh is also a Northeastern transfer, so he knows a little bit about um, some of these hockey, some some of these UConn players since he's probably played against them before a few years ago. But there's sort of a it's a team that you can't underestimate, Chris, because 
you UConn hasn't been an Atlantic hockey team this year. They got swept by Holy Cross, so obviously they're not going to take them for granted. But it's going to be an exciting game. I think Sacred Heart's record doesn't indicate how good they actually are because they are leading Atlantic hockey. They're currently in first place, and I think this is going to be a tight defensive game. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what plays out. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, just can't assume that they're going to UConn's going to win, particularly out of the way this uh, you know the season has gone. But again, I think you have another opportunity here to, to you know, to, you got another weekend to try to do something, maybe generate some uh, some momentum for you going into the sort of the last, you know, last third of the season here and, you know, a chance to win a trophy and you in know, front if, of your home crowd too. in front of your home crowd. And, and if things break the right, right way, I mean, you may have a chance to sort of move up here a little bit, you know, in pairwise, which, again, I'm stunned that there are 20, you know, when I heard that today, that there are 21 uh, I, I almost didn't believe it just because of the way this season has gone. I, I was surprised that, that that's where they're at. So, again, another big weekend for them to try to, like I said, generate momentum, you know, get a get a sort of a good start on the, the last third of their season and, you know, maybe win some hardware. The most likely starting goalie for Sacred Heart in this game will probably be Chase Clark. He's a transfer from Quinnipiac. He's currently 8-9-1 with a 2.83 goals against average and a 9.05 save percentage, so pretty decent goalie, and obviously has some experience playing against good teams since he was on Quinnipiac, and obviously he's now the guy for Sacred Heart, so looking forward to seeing him play. And then I don't want to jump ahead, but obviously if UConn wins this game, they have a chance to play Quinnipiac. And not I know for pairwise purposes it's important, but it would just be nice to beat Quinnipiac and win a trophy, especially after what happened last year. So I'm hoping that Quinnipiac can beat Yale on Friday. Yeah, I mean, you would hope so. Uh, but obviously, you know, not even thinking about Saturday because you got to get by Sacred Heart, and I don't think you can look past them. And if they look past them, they could be in trouble. I mean, you're talking about Chase Clark. He's a big guy, 6'6", 220, so takes up a lot of net. And, uh, you know, so I would, if I, obviously I would, would imagine the coach to have his telling him you can't look past this team. You can't even worry about Saturday. Worry about what's in front of you because if you don't and you lose, Saturday doesn't matter. I mean, you can talk all the one about the consolation game, but the consolation They could technically matter. play Quinnipiac, though, in the consolation game. They could. They <laughs> could. They could. But, I mean, uh, you want to win. I mean, you want to win. You don't want to be in the loser game. So, uh, you know, but, again, you can't look past Sacred Heart because if you do – you may be playing at 4 o'clock on Saturday, and nobody wants that. What's your thoughts on this overall event and how they've marketed it? Because Kevin had an interesting point about it, that he wasn't happy that, that UConn picked the 4 p.m. game on Friday. And I'm curious to see how many people show up to this thing. I think it's important to have it on campus sites for the first few years to sort of help it grow. But I hope it becomes sort of a Hartford thing in the near future because I think it's a neutral site. All this, it's close to most of the school or all the schools uh, that play in this tournament. And I feel like you can build it and make it sort of like Connecticut's version of the bean pot. Obviously, that's going to take time, but I'm curious to see how many people go to this. I think it's going to be well attended, especially if it's UConn Quinnipiac on Saturday. But I just want to hear your thoughts about just the whole event in general. Yeah, I mean, I understand why they picked the four o'clock game but i agree with kevin is that you'd, you'd rather play the night game and get more people in there and generate more excitement for it don't feel like they market it very well i mean you go online and look it looks like there's a lot of tickets uh available and looks like they dropped the price on some of the tickets so um it's just you know it's unfortunate it just doesn't feel like they they market this very well would like to see if they could come up with a sponsor for it i think that would certainly help um, if they were able to put it on, you know, sort of a better platform in terms of, 
um, you know, sort of, uh, of whether it's streaming or somewhere else, I think that would be helpful. So, cause I think, you know, there's a chance to be a, a decent tournament, you know, Connecticut has a rich hockey history. It's got a lot of hockey prospects that come from Connecticut. So it should be something that celebrates Connecticut hockey and also, uh, you know, makes it something that, you know, people from, or that players from Connecticut want to play in. Well, I'm looking forward to it this weekend and hopefully UConn could finally win their first uh, CTIs tournament. Yeah, I would love it. Be great. Again, you know, hope it's a weekend that they can generate some some momentum for themselves and, uh, you know, and have some fun. I mean, it would be, you know, it's, I'd like to go down there and have a good time, you know, have a fun time, uh, you know, at the XL Center and, and, you know, what what I think is watch some you know really good hockey this weekend. So let's now transition and talk about the women's hockey team who is now in first place in Hockey East. And it doesn't matter about games in hand because they've played one less game than Boston College and they're still in first place. So I want to add that. But another impressive weekend for them, only allowing one goal, beating Maine 3-1 to and then shutting out UNH 4 nothing. I feel like we talk about the same things every week, but this team is an absolute wagon. And basically it's just sort of a question of can they keep this momentum heading into playoffs? I think they can. But just a really exciting team to watch and a team that I don't see enough people talking about. I think it's kind of a shame because UConn's really good, and I think more people got to go to these games and support uh, these players because they absolutely deserve it. And I hope that the school does some better job, I guess, marketing it as well because I know they've tried to, but I think people, more people need to know about this team. So here's sort of my pitch. Go watch a women's hockey game if you can't make it to the – CT Ice Tournament this weekend. They play Vermont this weekend. I know Vermont's struggling, so maybe they have a chance to continue that winning streak. You don't want to take a team for granted, but, you know, it's going to be... This team's fun to watch. They have so many good players. I think Megan Warner hasn't even lost a game in regulation, which I just found this out this past weekend, which I think is a crazy stat. The defense is insane, but now they're getting that depth scoring, which I think is sort of being a huge difference maker uh, for the team this year, and I'm just excited to see what they do and how they finish off the season and what what the what the playoffs might look like for this uh, for this team. But it's going to be exciting and more people need to watch. And that's all I have to say. It's just been just been so much fun to watch this team. I'm super happy for all the coaches and players because they're great people and it's just nice to see them have the success that they've deserved because I know they worked really hard for it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, obviously, great program. You know, love Coach Mack. Love the job that he's doing there. Um, they are a fun team to watch. It's a it's a really good take if you can. So go down. I definitely suggest you go down and watch it because it is a good take. Uh, again, I think you're right there. You know, it's it's sort of at this point, it's it's you know just keep yourself you know on a good momentum here. Play hard, win these games out, and then you know roll yourself into the Hockey East tournament and. And try to win the whole thing and get yourself, you know, your your first, you know, bid to a tournament. You know, they were ranked 11th last week. I expect them maybe move up a little bit, you know, in this week's rankings. But I think it, you know, it comes down to like you said, they're they're in the driver's seat, so they're in control of, of, uh, you know, not that I'm going to be a little cliche, but they're obviously in control in their destiny. So uh, again, I think it's just you know you focus, you know, focus game to game, get those points, keep yourself in in a really decent position, and then when. Uh, you know the playoffs roll around. You know the, you, you get some good, good games to play there at home. Now, one thing I do want to tell our listeners is the women's hockey tournament, the national tournament has eleven teams, and because of how the Parawise works, Hockey East will be a one-bid league. So UConn basically has to win Hockey East in order to make the NCAA tournament. It's going to be very hard for them to make it as an at-large, which is disappointing because they're probably going to get over like they're going to get close to 30 wins, I would imagine, based on the on-pace percentage. 
It's just disappointing that a team that is going to have over 25 wins <laughs> can't even make the tournament as an at-large. So I feel like they got to expand the women's tournament at some point. I know with ratios and stuff that it's hard for them to do that, but it's just sort of, oh, they are 16 wins. So they probably get around 25 if they continue to win some of these games. But it's just disappointing, I think, for a team that this good can't make the tournament because of how, how, many te- how, so less, how there's not as many teams make it in as the men's tournament. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, the, again, that's why you have what's in front of you, and you know what your path is. And uh, I think you know sometimes that that plays into your hands because you know what you need to do. So you bear down, and you just you keep winning. If you keep winning, you keep playing. So, and again, you know, the other thing you know just to mention is that I believe the Frozen Four is in Durham this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, uh, not thinking you know not thinking that far ahead, but um, you know certainly the women's Frozen Four is going to be you know local or. Uh, local-ish, I'd say. So uh, I'm just sort of excited to to see what they do here in the these last sets of games, and you know what they do rolling into the tournament. So, but again, I think they, you know, they're locked in. They know what they have to do, and I think uh, I think they're well, you know, well suited to have a really deep run this year. Well, I think they can definitely have a deep run in hockey East. I'm not thinking too far ahead after that because. You know, you just don't want to look too far ahead. You got to focus what's ahead of you, like you mentioned for the men's team in the CTIs tournament. But one more thing I do want to talk about, because I thought this was interesting note, this is a Hockey East note, is that Boston College and BU are playing the Battle of Com Ave this weekend. This is the first time in both programs' history that they're facing off against each other. Number one ranked, number two ranked. BU is ranked number one, and BC is ranked number two. I just think that's going to be super exciting to watch as a, just a neutral fan and it's going to be a lot of future NHLers in that series, and it's going to be exciting to see just the crowds and how big both those games are going to be. It'll be great, and it's great for Hockey East. You know, obviously, two top teams in the country playing each other, and uh, you know, two schools. You know, obviously, not separated that far from one another. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as a neutral fan, it'll be a fun game to watch, and like you said, a lot of good, you know, NHL prospects in that game. So, uh, yeah, it'll be you know would be something that's fun to watch for, and it's good for college hockey. Well, that is uh, everything, or that is all for today's episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully next week we'll be talking about a CTI's championship. But really excited for this weekend. Should be a lot of fun and uh, should be another good weekend of hockey. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Matt.